finding your place, take your Bible and turn to Matthew chapter 7, please. Matthew chapter 7. And we'll get back to our study through the Gospel of John next week, Lord willing. But this morning we're going to consider a passage of Scripture in Matthew chapter 7. And it's a, it's a parable that Jesus gave, which a parable is an illustration of a truth. It's a story uh, that Jesus told to illustrate a truth. And, and it's important for us to understand the context uh, behind it in, in which the Lord gave it. And we'll get to that in just a little bit. When a new year comes around, um, a new year often brings with it the thought of, of new opportunity. It brings with it the, sometimes a, a freshness, maybe a, a, a new hope potentially for, for things to be different than they were the year before. And a lot of times that is true. There's a, there's a new beginning, if you will, but many times you can't change things and life still goes on. But nonetheless, there's still a, a sense sometimes uh, of newness and hope for what could be uh, in a new year. And people set their New Year's resolutions, and people have their goals, and people have all of these things that, that sometimes they do because they want something different in their life. And there's nothing wrong with having goals, and certainly there's nothing wrong with New Year's resolutions, nothing wrong with those things. Uh, but none of those things are a good substitute for a good foundation. None of new ideas or resolutions are going to, to fix uh, what is the most important thing or be a replacement for the most important thing, and that's the right foundation. Uh, how many of you have heard of the, the Leaning Tower of Pisa? Pretty much everybody has, right? I've read that Every year, scientists go to that over 800-year-old tower and measure it to, to check it. And they say that it, it moves, you know, something like, you know, 120th of an inch every single year and so on. And they've done a lot of renovations to it to, to, to save it, to spare it, keep it from, you know, from collapsing and so on. But I also read that before the tower was even finished, it was starting to lean. And now it is what they say is 17 feet out of plumb. And it's, I don't know, 180 foot tower or something like that. But you can imagine plumb is straight up and down. The tower is 17 feet out of plumb. And they've, they've kept it from, from falling. But the interesting thing about this is that the name Pisa actually means marshy land. And it gives some indication as to exactly why that tower started to lean before it was ever even finished. Because it was being built in a place that wasn't stable. And another fact that I read about it was the foundation of that 180-foot tower is only like 10 foot deep in marshy land. It was built on a faulty foundation. That's the reason. And that's the direction we're going to go this morning with this passage. And I want you to look at verse 24 
of Matthew chapter 7 and see this parable that Jesus gives. The Bible says here, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. And it came to pass, when Jesus ended these sayings, the people were astonished at His doctrine, for He taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. The passage before us this morning tells us of two builders. Two builders who built two houses on two different types of foundations and also had two very different results. And Jesus teaches us in teaching those that he was talking to that the foundation upon which we build the house of our lives is of absolute and utmost importance. And I want to point out some elements of this parable this morning to show us why the foundation of our life matters. And especially as we begin a new year and we think about new possibilities and we, and we think about uh, you know, what this year will hold and, and maybe sometimes people are making plans, like I said, for those New Year's resolutions and all those are fine, but they do not replace the foundation of our life. And so I want to speak to you this morning on a tale of two builders from this passage, and let's see what the Lord has for us this morning, okay? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd help us with your word, or teach us from it, and, and these truths that we draw from the scriptures today, I pray that uh, they would resonate, and Lord, that they would connect home uh, with the heart and mind of your people, and Lord, that we would uh, choose, choose to follow after Christ, and Lord, to be obedient uh, to your word, and Father, make, to make that the foundation of our, of our life. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, for a little bit of a context here, Matthew chapter 5 all the way through Matthew chapter 7, those, are, those chapters are, are referred to as the, the Sermon on the Mount. And Pastor Humphrey's been teaching through several of these uh, passages in our Sunday school class on the commands of Christ. And in Matthew 5 through 7, with the Sermon on the Mount, the Bible tells us that Jesus went up into this mountain and he sat down to teach uh, his disciples and to teach the people. Look in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 1. Matthew 5 and verse 1 And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth and taught them. And then we read and follow along, and we find all the things that Jesus taught the people. And we could read through Matthew 5, and we would find the many wonderful truths that Jesus taught. He taught on the Beatitudes. He taught about giving. He taught about prayer. He taught about what true riches 
really are. He taught about uh, how to, uh, what it means to trust in God, and, and he taught about how we ought to interact and treat other people. We find the golden rule in all of that. He taught about a lot of things, a lot of life-building truth is what Jesus was teaching about. But Jesus finishes the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 7 with this parable that we just read this morning. This is how Jesus finishes His sermon. He te- and he, and, he, and he, he gives this illustration. And He tells of a wise builder and a foolish builder. And He does that to illustrate the difference in listeners. In other words, He does that to illustrate all of you people here are hearing truth But there's something that that differentiates between you because some of you hear and do these sayings of mine, but others of you hear and do not do. And this is what makes you either wise or foolish. And Jesus wanted to stress the importance of not only being a hearer of truth, but also a doer of his teaching. And I think it's very interesting that Jesus would end his sermon that way. Here's all these life-building truths, but what's actually going to make the difference in your life? Not just hearing things, but applying it and doing it. And so that's the direction that we're going to go this morning. I'm going to draw a few principles from this passage of Scripture. And the first that I want you to understand or consider with me is, is the commonalities in these individuals. Consider the commonalities. It's a very short parable And this parable speaks of two very different types of people. However, these two very different types of people also had some characteristics that were in common. And let me point them out to you. First of all, what we find is that both heard the words of Christ. Two very different people, two very different kinds of people, two very different outcomes, but they had some commonalities. And the first commonality is this, that they both heard the words of Jesus. Look in verse 24. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. Now look at verse 26. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the rock. So you see what the commonality here is. Even though one was wise and one was foolish, even though they had very different outcomes, the thing that's in common is that they both had access to the same truth. You follow that? These two people in this parable both heard Jesus teach and preach truth. And he's referring to all of the people, who, the multitude of people who heard Jesus preach and teach But in other words, what he's saying is, when it comes to the building materials of these individuals' lives, they had access to the same things. That is like, it's just like, uh, two people who who grow up in a good Bible-believing, Bible-preaching Baptist church, they hear the truth, or, or maybe two adult men who are in the same church, and they have the same truth and the same Word of God, and they have the same access, they have the same everything, but their lives are very, very different. 
and they turn out very, very differently. What makes the difference? Well, they had the same building materials. They had access to the same truth. So we see this similarity, this commonality. Even though they're very different, they have this thing in common that they both heard the words of Christ. Another commonality is this. They both built houses. In verse 24, we find that this one man built his house upon a rock. In verse 26, we find that this other man built his house upon sand. They both built houses. And here's the truth. Every person alive is a builder. What do I mean by that? Well, you're building something of your life. There's a responsibility of every man, every woman, every person regarding your own house or your own life. Do you know what? You, you can't make it on the coattails of your parents, teenagers. Young people, you're accountable and responsible ultimately for your own decisions and for your own life. How's it going to turn out? What's going to make the difference? You're a builder. You're responsible for your own life. You're not going to make it on the coattails of your pastor. You're not going to make it on the coattails of the church that you attend. Jesus said, there are wise builders and there are foolish builders. You build your life upon the decisions that you make regarding the truth of God's Word, whether you obey it or whether you ignore it. Jesus said the wise one is the one who hears and does. And He says the fool is the one who hears but does not. That's the difference. Go to James chapter 1. Keep your place, but go to James chapter 1 with me. James chapter 1 and verse 23. The Bible says, For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deeds. And James tells us the word of God is like a mirror. The Word of God shows us what manner of men we are. And we look at ourselves and we wake up in the morning and our hair is all disheveled and we, we're, we're a hot mess. And we look at ourselves and we're like, whoa, i got to do something about that. But then we forget all about it and we just walk out the door to go about our merry way to our jobs or whatever. We come across people that are like, whoa, you, you need to do something about that. But we forget what manner of men we are. Who does that? Right? I mean, the idea is that most normal people don't do that. They see what needs to be fixed and they want to deal with it and they want to fix it. But somehow, when it comes to the truth of God 
and God's Word showing us what manner of men we are, that sometimes we just don't want to deal with that. I don't want to see what I really am. The one who's blessed, though, in his deeds is the one who is not a forgetful hearer. Okay, Lord, I see it. I get it. I understand. And you're right. Lord, I want you to help me. He's a doer. This man shall be blessed in his deeds. These that Jesus talks about, if you go back to our text, although very different, had some commonalities. They both heard the words of Christ. They had access to the same building materials. They both built houses. They were building something. And thirdly, both of them built in the same location. Go back to verse 25. Verse 25 says, And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. In verse 27, the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Verse 27 describes a very severe storm that came along. That storm affected both houses, so they must have been building in the same general location. You understand that? What do you mean by that? Well, what do you take away from that? Well, in other words, this. Both of these individuals, they both faced similar circumstances of life. Hey, life is full of troubles. Life is full of storms. Life is full of trials. Life is full of afflictions. Life is full of difficulties. Life is full of hardships. They come across our path throughout life. But the picture is of people who are pretty much in the same boat. They have access to the same truth, same building materials. They're building something out of their life. They have similar life circumstances, troubles and trials and so on. They're pretty much in the same boat, all building a life, all have access to blueprints and instructions that are going to guide to the right result, all face difficulty and trouble in life. There's a lot of similarities. But even with all those similarities and even with all those commonalities, not all life stories turn out the same. Why? Why don't they turn out the same? Well, secondly, I want you to consider the contrasts. So we see the commonalities, but consider the contrasts. While there were several similarities, there's some very major differences between these two types of people. And they're, no, they're worth noting. First of all, the first contrast is this. One man built his house on sand. Verse 26, the second part of verse 26 tells us, He shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. One man built his house on something that was unstable. One man built his house without much preparation. The sand didn't offer stability for him. The sand wasn't a good place to build his house. The sand could never provide a firm foundation. And in the context, building on the sand speaks of people who hear the word of God, but choose not to obey it or apply it in their life. 
you're building your life on sand. You understand that? That's the context. Jesus says, Everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not, he'll be likened unto a foolish man, the one who builds his house upon sand. These kinds of people believe that they can build their lives on things that are going to be faulty foundations, shifting sand, like human philosophy, like their own wisdom, their own opinions, or their feelings. You know your feelings are not a good foundation? Feelings are always changing. They're always shifting. They're not a good foundation upon which to make decisions or build life. There are people who choose to go by what their own philosophy is. Maybe when it comes to raising children. Listen, I've, I've, heard, I've heard people say, good Baptist people who have access to truth in the Word of God, they, I've heard them tell me and say, well, I don't actually believe in spanking my children as a punishment. That's fine. That's fine if you don't believe in things like that or principles of raising kids, but you could look at Proverbs 22 and verse 15 and find the Word of God giving clear instruction. You could look at Proverbs 23 and verses 13 and 14, and you could find the Word of God giving clear instruction. And we won't take the time to go and look at all of those things, but you know what, people, there are others who, who, who understand that the Word of God tells us to be separate from this world, but their whole life is their hands just plunged into the things of the world. And you know what Jesus said? Jesus said that the things that, that are highly esteemed among men are actually an abomination to God. But we pick and choose which parts of God's Word we want to believe and obey. You understand what I'm saying? The application is this. People who build on the sand are ones who hear the Word of God, who have access to it regularly, but choose to follow their own terms instead. To them, God's Word is more, well, it's open to interpretation. If it's a command from God's Word, they might look at it as a suggestion instead to justify their life or themselves. They build the house of their life on self-will, self-fulfillment, self-sufficiency, self-satisfaction, and self-righteousness. They build their life on themselves, and it's a, it's a faulty foundation. Paul describes that kind of a person like this. In 2 Timothy 3 and verse 5, they have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. I think it's a sad state when churches are filled up with people who have professions of faith, who say that they're Christians, but you look and they have this form of Christianity to them. They know the words and they know the lingo. But when you take a look at their life, where's the evidence of a real change in their life? Where? Where's the evidence of real love for God? Their life is basically built around themselves. And it's not hard to see. It's sad because building a life but the foundation is wrong, and 
when the storm comes, is it going to stand? Well, if our hearing doesn't affect our acting, then it's profitless. Hearers only, the Bible calls fools in James 1.22. Right? What good is it? What good is it to sit in church? And what good is it to hear the Word of God preached? What good is it to have this if we hear it but we choose not to do it? If the hearing doesn't affect our acting, it's profitless. We see that one man built his house on the sand, but verse 24 tells us that the other man built his house upon a rock. Look at verse 24. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. The word rock here really refers to bedrock. And while one man built his house on the sand, the other one dug through all of that. And he dug deep until he got down to bedrock and he built his house upon something that can't be moved. The rock doesn't move. The rock doesn't change. The rock is stable. The rock offers a good foundation for the house. The word rock here is in this verse, is identified as these sayings of mine. Notice that in verse 24. Jesus is speaking. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. What is the rock? These sayings of mine. It's the truth that Jesus was speaking. Building on the rock speaks of people who hear the Word of God and who believe it, and so they build their life on it. And what does it mean to build your life on it? It means to align your life with it. That's what it means, to align your life with it. The word rock in verse 24 is the same rock that is mentioned in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18, where Jesus says, "I, I will build my church. Right? But if you look at the, at the passage, it, it, it refers to Peter's confession that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. In other words, it refers to Jesus himself. He's the rock. He's the foundation. Look in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 with me. Just a couple passages here. First Corinthians chapter 10, in verse 4. And did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, that rock was Christ. But with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness Now these things were our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Now, the rock was Christ, but with many of them God was not well pleased and they were overthrown. Why? Because they didn't obey. They didn't obey the command of the Lord and it brought the displeasure of the Lord upon them. 
And the point of the, of, the, of the truth is this, is that the one who builds his house upon the rock, upon Christ, these sayings of mine is a wise man who's going to have a, a, a house that's going to stand. Rock builders understand that Jesus alone has the power to save their soul. Rock builders hear God's word. They conform their life to it because they know it's true. They hear what the Bible says about Jesus Christ, that He's the way, the truth, the life. It comes into their heart with absolute certainty that this is true. They hear the truth about Jesus Christ. They believe it. They embrace it. They yield to it. The message changes their life, and they want to build their life on that truth. What God tells them to do in His Word, they do. What God warns them not to do in His Word, they avoid. Rock builders hear the Word of God, and they make it the foundation of their life. In other words, they align their life to it. The question is not, am I a builder? The real question is, what am I building on? The wise man built his house on the rock. The foolish man built his house on the sand. One of those houses describes the kind of life that you are building right now. Every person is building his life for now and eternity upon a foundation of either rock or sand. The rock is Christ. The sand is anything other than Jesus Christ. So we see the commonalities, we see the contrasts, but thirdly, I want you to notice the consequences. Go back to Matthew 7 and look in verse 25. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. Verse 27, the rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. The parable tells us that the rains came, the floods came, that the winds of destruction blew. This image is not just about storms of life, friend. This is the image of judgment. In the end, both houses were subjected to the same thing. One house stood, the other was totally destroyed. The house that was built on the sand, it couldn't face the withering judgment of God. It collapsed. And Jesus said, great was the fall of it. That means, and here's what it literally means, utter destruction. Great was the fall of it. Utter destruction. There was nothing left to show for the life that was within it. There was nothing left of hopes or dreams or plans or efforts or work or anything. Everything was destroyed. Everything was swept away like it never existed. And friend, what is the illustration? It's the illustration of your life. You can build your life on hopes and plans and dreams. And you can build your life on, on your own ambitions. And you can build your life according to your own ideas. But in the end, if your life is not built on the foundation of Christ it's going to be utterly destroyed. Nothing left. 
You've got a few years right now. A few years in life right now. But it's going to end. Then what? Then what? All of the hopes, the plans, the dreams, the ambitions, the accolades, the acquisitions. It'll be worthless. It'll be destroyed. It'll be swept away as if it never existed. It's a picture of what will happen to every person who builds their life on anything but Jesus Christ. There's coming a day, a day of judgment. There's coming a day when every person is going to face God. People who are trusting religion, people who are trusting some good works, people who are trusting some prayer that they prayed, some emotional experience they had, some profession that they made, or anything else, they're going to see that house that they built crumble and fall before the judgment of God. I want you to notice the word therefore. Look at verse 24. Therefore. And you know this, whenever you see a therefore, you go back and find out what it's there for, right? Jesus just got done speaking, preaching, the Sermon on the Mount. And the word ties this parable to not only all of what Jesus said, but more particularly, it ties this parable to the words that Jesus said right before this. And notice what they are in Matthew 7 and verse 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name have done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Therefore, here's the conclusion, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. Matthew 7, verses 21 to 23, tells the tragic tale of some very religious people who built their lives on sand. These people faced God with all of their works. They faced God with their self-righteous deeds, but they were cast out of God's presence. Depart from me, I never knew you. The house that was built on the rock experienced that same storm that came along. The rain, the floods, the wind, it beat upon the house. The word beat means to strike. It means, it means to batter. That house was battered, but it stood. It stood against everything that was thrown against it. And the reason that it stood was because that house was built on the foundation of Jesus Christ and His Word. So here's the conclusion. Everybody in this room this morning is building a spiritual house. Every day, you make decisions. 
And every day you attach boards, you drive nails, you add on rooms, you try to improve your house. Regardless of what you do to the house that you're building, what matters most is the foundation that it's built on. Before a house of safety can be built, the rock, Jesus Christ, has got to be found. Number one, you've got to be saved. But then number two, after that, you need to align your life with these sayings of mine. Jesus' words. Be sure you're building on Jesus Christ and His Word. And I would just remind you, when it comes to salvation, salvation only comes from knowing Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, repentance of your sin and faith in Jesus Christ. That's the only way you can be saved. That is the clear message of the Bible. Acts 4.12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other For there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. But then when you're saved, and you're building your life, you still can't stray from the foundation that is Jesus Christ. And I'm simply saying all of this to remind us of something. As we begin a new year, As you're thinking about what's coming, maybe you're thinking about things that can improve your life or make it better. The real question ought to be, who or what is the actual foundation of my life? Who or what am I actually building on? Are you building a life that is aligning with God's Word? And maybe that ought to be the thing that is the resolution for us. A realigning of our life with the truth of God. Maybe, not, maybe there's some physical things that we can do you know, to improve our life, but the most important and the best thing that we can do to improve our life is to realign life with these sayings of mine, with the truth of God's Word. Are you building your life on shifting sand that ultimately is going to find destruction? Well, the difference is this. Not being just a hearer, but a doer of the Word. That's the difference. Choose, again, to realign life with God and His Word. This man shall be blessed in his deeds. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, pray that you just challenge us today with this truth and may there be some self-examination. Am I really aligning my life with God and His Word? Am I obedient to its truth? Am I submitted to it? Or do I live life according to what pleaseth me? Do I live life according to what is most convenient for me or what I desire And that's a a question that needs serious consideration. It's a question that needs some real evaluation. There's a lot of people who say they love Jesus Christ, who have professions of faith, 
But when you get right down to it, there's not much of a heart to actually be obedient to truth. And Lord, I pray that that would not be said of us. And Lord, would you use these truths according to your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand together.